Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. So grateful that you are with us today as we talk about financial matters. Myself and my co-host, we're both practicing financial advisors. Have been advisors since way too long. <laughs> What's that sound way, negative? Way too long. I didn't mean it to come out like that. <laughs> we, I have been blessed to be um, a financial advisor uh, for over 30 years. It sounded better than way too long. Yes, that does sound better. <laughs> you love it so much that you can continue to do it year after year. Yes, that's yes, exactly that's exactly right. So anyway, yeah, frankly, we, I don't know what else I would do. So. We we help people like yourself try to find peace in their financial situation through all different kinds of methodologies, tax, estate planning, asset allocation, 401ks, 403bs, 457, pensions, pension lump sums, all kinds of decisions surrounding that um and um, quite, it, it can be quite complex or it could be super easy. Um, it's an interesting thing having done this radio show for 26 or 27 years. I would say about 40 to 50% of the time, we end up answering questions that the clients never, or the people that call the program never asked. It is the majority of the time, yes, for sure. That we end up, they call with, well, you know, someone calls with one question and it leads us down a path where we can answer that question but then we say but have you thought about this 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 and this um and that's financial planning and oftentimes people don't they don't know the questions to ask you don't know what you don't know about it i i had a roofer out this last week we built our house 18 years ago and we needed we needed to do our our roof has been leaking since day one so finally like got to redo it which is so i had some roofer highly referred roofer come and I, I stopped him. I said, can you use language that I would understand? Because I don't know what you're talking about here. Because it's different language. Like, speak, speak to me and someone who knows nothing, because I know nothing about roofing, right? And um, so I had him break it down and kind of explain a little more. And it, so it got me thinking about what, it, what it's like for most people as they approach the world of, of financial planning and investments. It's like, Look, I know what a roof tile is. I know we have, I know we have like the cone-shaped S curve. I heard it. I didn't know it was an S curve, but it's an S. It's either flat or S, or it's or it's de- it's the composed granite or whatever it is, composite. Uh, but I started thinking about like how much. Be, what would I have to go through to to have the knowledge to actually do a great job on my roof, so I could wouldn't leak for the next thirty years, like company that's spent his that's what they do professionally yeah and it'd be almost impossible because a large part of that actually you couldn't read in a book it just takes experience right (laughs) right (laughs) Right. i'm sure i could watch a video on how to re-roof your house yes youtube's got probably several yes yes anyway i just i i often try to i don't know what it's like to hire an advisor right and i don't know what it's like one of the things we t- our advisors we like to talk about with our advisors, we have a hundred and some odd advisors at Allworth, and um, I, I like to say, think first when someone comes in and talks with you, whether it's in person or over Zoom, like that first meeting, that's got to be it's got to be a little scary. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. You don't know whether you've done a good job or a bad job, or whether your portfolio's right, or you're you know, is this person going to tell me I'm crazy, or that. Or are they going to poke at the financial mistakes I've made in the past? And I mean, I always I always try to put myself in what's it like in the in the shoes of a of a, a person as they're trying to figure out their financial plan and their investment program and um and that sort of thing. So every once in a while, when I'm I'm dealing with something I don't I'm not an expert in, I try to step back and think about my own emotions. Well, and Scott, um, this is the the quality the, the the value of a financial plan. It just happens to be at our firm that this person did a financial plan. My brother-in-law, um, for years and years, would ask me questions about his finances. 
years and years. And I love my brother-in-law and sister-in-law dearly and their children. We spent a lot of time with them. And finally, I said to him, you, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay for a financial plan to be done by Allworth for you. Because you are picking parts of your financial plan and asking questions about it. But what you really need to do is take a overall view of your financial situation. That was three years ago that he, I, quite frankly, I offered to pay for it, but he is my brother-in-law and I am the CEO. So they waived the fee. All worth it. <laughs> so nice of him. <laughs> um, he retired. He retired uh, four weeks ago. He retired four weeks ago. And he was telling me, he said, I would have never ever had the confidence <laughs> Funny. to retire if I hadn't gone through this process. And I'm not just saying all worth any good financial, good financial advise, advisor. As, like ideally, like you the the big Wall Street firms, the big national banks, they will state in there that they cannot provide tax advice. They do not provide tax advice. So one of the challenges of your advisor is one of those things they state they cannot. They're not allowed to provide. Tax advice. Some of the firms don't even allow them to um, uh, state that they're a certified financial planner because part of being a certified financial planner is providing tax advice. So if you work with an independent advisor, first of all, they're not going to sell any products. There's not there's the all fiduciaries. But many of them, not all, uh, the, the good ones can provide tax advice along with that. And firms like Allworth, we have our own tax department internally. But, but work, like to your point, Pat, you're not trying to pitch Allworth. It's like just the whole benefit of having that financial plan. It makes it easier. I but had a very different experience with my brother-in-law, with one of my brother-in-laws. So years ago. Okay, this is. Oh, it's kind of funny. Okay, I'm just going to kind of poke. I don't know. Hopefully Let's hear it. Hear. Years ago, he, he asked if I could invest. He had an IRA or something. And so I invested wherever I invested. And then he he transferred it somewhere else a couple years later. He's like, and like, hey, what happened? Well, I was going to try something else. I'm like, oh, whatever. So then he comes back to me maybe 15 years ago. And asked about, wanted to just do some financial planning. I said, I tell you what, I said, I'll have you work. I'm not going to help you, but I'll have you work with one of our advisors. They'll go through everything, put together a financial plan. Um, they put together a financial plan. I didn't really get involved, but he called me a, a, like a month or two later and said, hey, can I, can I get your advice on something here? I said, yeah, what? He says, well, um, your advisor recommended this, this, and this, but I was talking to a local person and they were recommending this, this, and this. So what do you think of this, this, and this? <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to have this conversation. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I'm not having this conversation. Right? It was weird. Sorry. Well, it is then he, then he, after that, he told me about how awesome his, the local financial advisor was until a couple of years ago when suddenly the account balance dropped dramatically. Yes. And the guru local financial advisor head. I'm like, why? It's just weird. I don't know why I started on that. <laughs> you need to go to some family counseling with your brother-in-law. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, let's, I love the guy. Let's don't go to the wrong. call. We all have our, we all have our... If you want to join this show, 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. Let's start off with Jim. Jim, you're worth all worth's money matters. Hi, guys. Um, I've been listening to your show for way too long. Oh, good. I don't um, know if that's a compliment or... <laughs> okay. If you well, tell me you're about to file bankruptcy, <laughs> then I'm going to think it was a waste of your time. What can well, we do for you, Jim? Uh, uh, hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, so um, I'm 62 years old, planning on retiring when I'm 67, and I, I think I have a plan that's going to allow me to retire, um, but I wanted to give you the high points and okay. uh see if i'm i'm on track uh so uh where i'm at right now is uh well in in 2015 uh i was recently divorced and had yeah. zero net worth at this point uh i own a home that's worth uh seven hundred thousand dollars that's going to be paid off november of 2026 awesome um I have got um, a pension uh, that uh, when I retire in uh, January of 2028 will be uh, about $5,000 a month. Um, I'm projected to get about $4,000 a month of Social Security. Um, I've got a 401k that uh, conservatively will be worth $500,000 when I retire. Um, I do have 
retirement medical, and then I'm going to probably have a couple thousand dollars of income post-retirement just from doing some welding and fabrication because I want to I want to be able to do some kind of a work. How much money do you uh, make now? So last couple of years I've made two hundred and ten thousand. How much are you How much are you saving of that towards retirement? Uh, right now, sixteen percent. But I'm also I'm making forty five hundred dollar house payments so that I can have yep. my house yep. tougher. Yep, I get it. Okay. Uh, so got socking away a bunch of money as, as much as I believe that I can. Uh, so you know my my plan is to you know live off of basically nine thousand dollars a month. Um, I want to downsize to a home in a, in a you know a lower cost state. Why? Oh. Um, uh, uh, why? Uh, well, uh, I just think it's really expensive to live in California. You can afford it, though. Well, maybe okay. he doesn't want to stay in California. Well, I'm just telling him. That's why he asked why. I'm not yeah. telling him he has to stay. Yeah. So, yes, you can <laughs> go other places, and then there's other reasons why I'm kind of getting tired of it here. I'm okay. born and raised here. Um, but, uh. Oh, well, I get it. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, yeah. There's not so, a month that doesn't go by. I'm like, why am I in the state? Um, right. Well, I can just get so much more more property and and value uh, in, in a place that you know could be potentially just as nice for a fair bit less money and and headaches. Honestly. And what's yep. your what's your main question for us? Oh, so is 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 this a plan that's that's sound? It's golden. Inflation gonna no, it's me. golden. It's golden. It's great. It's unbelievable. It's does your uh, pension have a uh, cost of living adjustment on it when you retire? No, that's yeah, it does not. But Social Security does. But Social Security does, and your four hundred one k. I mean, you're gonna have a house paid for. House, you're single. A house paid for with nine thousand dollars a month income. Yeah, you yep. should be able to make it work. You're, yeah, you're you're golden. <laughs> you're you're fine. You're, you're, uh, okay. but the question is, so if you're going to, if, if, if in fact you will be retiring in another state, I would question whether it makes sense for you to be working on getting your house paid off or f- socking more money in your retirement account. Okay. What's the interest rate uh, on the home? That, that, that is, uh, that, that's part of why I called is, is, uh, you know, I've concocted this plan myself. Um, and you know, People like you who who know more about this might might tell me that it's a better idea. Well, I mean, we're look, we're big fans of having the homes paid off for retirement. Not for everybody, but ninety plus percent of people that just just a peace of mind alone. It, it, it's and gonna, you never have to worry about a house being foreclosed but, upon if it's paid off. Yeah, and and but but I'm gonna that Scott, I I completely missed that. Thank you very much. That is a great idea uh, to to not accelerate the payments on the mortgage. What do you care? You plan on selling the home anyway. And you probably have a low interest rate. Uh, yeah, it's two point eight five. There we go. And so you should put everything. It's actually a good time. To, it's a good time to be investing because prices of particularly yeah. companies are go down. Go back to the minimum payment on the mortgage. Put every excess dime you can into your four hundred one k on a pre tax basis. What do you ha- What do you have in savings? So cash in, the bank. In, in just cash savings, I I only have like twelve thousand dollars. You're fine. You make a lot of money. I do. Yeah. 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 No. No. You're uh, you're great. I. I. Uh, look. You've recovered nicely um, from this divorce financially. Um, yeah. I would take. I would calculate. I would calculate this on an after-tax basis of whatever that extra amount that you're paying on your mortgage. How much are you paying? Extra? You're paying three thousand a month or uh, something? I'm paying twenty 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 five hundred extra. Okay, twenty five hundred extra. So that might mean. Well, you're going to be maxing out your your you who do you work for the state of California? No, I work for utility. Yeah, okay, yes, utility. yes. All right, yeah. so you're you're going to be maxing. You're going to be hitting the max. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. Well, I'm already yeah. within hundreds of dollars of hitting the max That's now. The so that that would be my question. If I did change my plan, would I? I, I that that's where I'm. Just see how much room you have in the 401k and move it up to to whatever you can, the highest you possibly I, I, can. And then where's he saving the extra? I'd put it in the bank. I'd get a little bit more buffer cash. Okay. 
I wouldn't be in a hurry to pay off that mortgage. I would agree with you. And it'd be better if you end up with a, a chunk of cash that you can go home shopping in four years in some other state. Yes. Wouldn't be in a hurry. And if you plan on selling that house anyway, you, the mortgage will pay off when you do the transaction. The more I think about it, if you have some money to be in a position where, I mean, if you can find the house that you want, even if you use a mortgage for a short period of time, had the money for a down, bought the place, then turn around and sell the place in California. That would give you that that luxury to be able to do that. Yeah. As opposed to trying to sell and so, contingent and all So that. no, you're doing you're doing great. Those were just minor things around the edges. But if you walked in with this and said I mean we're just, a, at the low interest rate you're on your mortgage, you having cash in the bank today is gonna help you. That's out. right. Yeah. You're yeah. High yield. I, I just don't I, I don't have a lot of wealth. That that's my concern. Okay. Like, you know. All right. Jim. <laughs> Jim. Look, if you do a discounted <laughs> cash flow of your monthly pension and social security, you've got tons of wealth. You've got all kinds of money. You just okay. can't, it's not in a lump sum, but, but okay. what, what happens when people retire is they actually turn their lump sums in the streams of, of income. You have the streams of income with no lump sum. Got it. You're like the guy with the ham okay. under his arm crying poor. Don't worry about it. You're doing great. Okay. Not got crying poor. The guy with a ham under his arm crying hungry. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard that. Anyway. I, I, just, I, I, I see people who have made way less money than I have no, end up have five, $5 million. That's right. Ahead. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, Jim, no, you're doing great. You're Jim, do, you're, you're doing I know it's human nature. We all, not most of us do it. Don't compare yourself to others. And if you really want to look at yourself to others, um, uh, it, just even on the U.S., if you look at the typical 62-year-old, your financial situation, you're in the top 2%, if not... Maybe even one. Maybe even one. Yeah. yeah you're doing retirement fine. income? You're doing fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Really... It, and and so what do, you, what do you do for this utility? Well... Um, I uh, manage large infrastructure projects. Okay. More that than that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right, Jim. Glad hopefully, yes. Hopefully, you're making um, the, <laughs> the network that provides uh, us services more secure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing I know what utility you work for, and probably. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a whole different phone call. My little brother. <laughs> my little brother. My little brother works for exactly the same utility. I'm happy to hear that. I yeah. hope he's enjoying it. He time. he loves it. He loves it. So appreciate the call. Good yeah, thanks, Jim. All right, take care, guys. Fine. Had you gone to work for utility 30, 35 years ago or whatever, um, most of those gals and guys are pretty pleased because the, they're one of the last industries that still have pensions. Yes, not only pensions, great pensions. Let's head to Montana. We're talking with Leslie. Leslie, welcome to All Worst Money Matters. Hi there. Hi, thanks Leslie. for having me. Thank you. Good to have you. What can we do to help? Well, I have uh, about three questions that are pretty much related. Um, my husband and I just retired last year. He's 66 and I'm 62. Did you guys and, live in Montana um, or did you just move to Montana? Yeah, we've been living in Montana okay. for 18 years now. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Unlike everybody else that's moved here. In no. the that's why I was years. asking. I know yeah. this yellow, <laughs> this, 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 you're like a local now. Like, this the, year, yeah. this series Yellowstone has ruined uh, neighborhoods in Montana, hasn't it? Hey, don't even get me started. <laughs> like all of a sudden, you notice they don't film the, I've only watched the Yellowstone things. Do they film in the middle of winter? Does they ever show what it's like in, in Montana in the, in the middle of winter where you guys uh -huh. are two degrees? Uh, you're like, you well, look like the Donner party up there. You'll be happy to hear, surprised to hear that I've never watched the show, but okay. um, they were actually, they did. I did watch one episode cause I filmed it at the hospital where I was working. Oh. So, <clears> what town do you live in in Montana? Foster. Montana. Uh, Missoula. It is absolutely, I spent some time in Missoula this last summer. It was absolutely beautiful for yeah, the five days is. I was there. It was gorgeous. My wife's like, 
<laughs> if we, if we, what do you think? I'm like, oh, you got to come up here and jam. Right. Anyway, your Back question. To you, Leslie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> so we digress. What'd you do in Missoula, pal? <laughs> oh, it was great. We went to this brew pub. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's, those abound. Yeah, no, it's it's a great, I, it's a wonderful place to live. I, it, it I, I love it here. People, when we retired, people said, are you going to stay? I'm like, yeah. Exactly. Why would we not stay? Okay, um, what's so your question? Yeah. Besides the questions are... Damn. So um, they're all kind of related. Uh, so with retirement, we, um, you know, kind of limped along just with some savings for last year. And because with, with the economy such as it is, or we didn't really want to start pulling things out necessarily. And now we're kind of to the point where we are trying to sort of figure out where to pull from. We my, um we've had something come up where my son-in-law has gotten into a situation where um, he uh, would be best served by borrowing some money from us. And I can explain that a little bit more. So we're kind of trying to figure that out um, and then trying to figure out when to start taking social security. Okay. Uh, so let's start with that, this. Yeah. What do you have in uh, 401ks, IRAs, that sort of thing? Yeah, in uh, 401ks, and well, we have probably in 401ks, um, IRAs about uh Two million, and then we have probably another three forty in Roth. Okay. Um. So that's that's that part. In brokerage. And in brokerage, we have about five hundred thousand. And and then there's also an inherited IRA that I have that's about hundred thousand. Okay. And uh, is your home paid for? Yeah. And what's it worth? Uh, about well, thanks to everybody moving here, a lot more than it was about. Three years ago, <laughs> okay, probably about nine nine hundred thousand, I guess. And wh- how much money did you make, you and your husband, when you were working? Um, well, it we kind of tapered down because I I was uh, probably for the last few years I ended up just working part time. So, at do you want to know that yep, at the end at the end we retired? Yeah, yeah, probably about a hundred and fifty, sixty, something like that between the two of you. Between the or actually more, let's say one eighty probably okay. between the two of us. Yeah. And will either of you receive a pension? No. Okay. And okay, so your question for us is, and you've been living off your brokerage account? Uh, no, we actually had some other money that I had just that we just kept in cash that I okay. set aside right. um, for so, the first year. So yeah. tell us about your son-in-law, and he wants to borrow money. What for? Yeah. So he, um, well, my daughter and he live in Scotland and he's a UK citizen and they um, were hoping to eventually move back to the US. And so he's actually gotten into grad school. That's a one-year program at Harvard that um, he um, uh, was thinking that would be a, the first step in trying to get um transition to the u.s what's, what type of school what's the what's the degree? it's uh um it's kind of it's it's going to be sort of a, a real estate development um program uh that they have oh. he's actually a city planner right now in scotland so he's kind of looking to get more into the private sector he's been working and the, the reason i ask is because it's there's some some you can get a you can get a phd from harvard but if it's in the field that's not a highly compensated field you can and how much would this cost <laughs> how much would it cost to go to harvard for i think it would be about $80,000 for the one year program which is shocking to us but it's uh, i guess that's what it is to do these kind of programs and he wants to borrow the money from you yeah, borrow the money is, and they're hoping it would be just a short term. They they were gonna they have they own a flat in Glasgow that they were gonna sell, and they were probably gonna clear close to the amount that the um, tuition is gonna be. Okay. However, yeah, the only problem is, however, it's turning out to be very complicated because for him to get a student visa, he has to prove connections um, to the UK that he doesn't just want to come to the US and live um so they can't now they just recently found out they can't sell their flat to in order so what, to get that what's your, what's, what's your main question for us here then <laughs> yeah sorry about that um <laughs> what's the flat like is the it main, got two stories <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the main the main question is advice on where to take the money uh it, and you know obviously the other question is 
is just not a smart thing to do, but I think we've already kind of made peace with the fact that we should go ahead and help them along yeah. with it. So the, the first place you should take the money from it is the inherited IRA. Is okay. If you're going to start income, that was what I was thinking. Yeah, that's the first and, place. Why do you say that? Just because it's and, yeah, the that's easiest. The reasoning. What about the brokerage? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that doesn't I mean, have do much have capital? I would disagree with you. No, they've got no income coming in. I know, but they said they can saw opportunity this year could do a nice Roth conversion. That is correct. That is correct. The inherited IRA. What year did you inherit that? In 2017. Okay, so she's it's taken it. It's it's little you, distributions over her life expectancy. Yes, I, I get that. So, so I would uh, most certainly, well, I shouldn't say do you the have, first. Do you have, is there some some part of your brokerage account that doesn't that wouldn't trigger a big taxable gain? Is there some fixed income in there? Or? Um, Not really, no. So it's, here's what I would do. I would actually look at, uh, uh, I'd look at Roth conversions. Uh-huh. Hold, hold just a moment, Leslie. Okay, hold we'll just, bring we you over to the break. We got to pause for radio. Okay. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. We're talking with Leslie here. Uh, so, and we're trying to figure out how to best um, so, come uh, up with 80 grand to help her well, son. Oh, it's not just that. It's it's not the 80 grand just for the son. It's income to live on, correct? Yeah, it's kind of a bigger picture. Um, yeah. yeah. And also with the caveat that maybe that 80 will come back to us. Well, that would be the hope. That would be the hope. The hope. I think I, when I was uh, framing my question that I uh, sent in, I, I was saying to my husband, uh, well, what is it that makes us think that we're not going to be a cautionary tale lending this money? Um, and he goes, well, because, Joseph knows that if he doesn't give it back, I'm going to come uh, find him and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also, look, I mean, you've got a, you've got a, a decent sized net worth and yeah. the, the kids would, I think at some point in time, would expect something, an inheritance down the road. And it is, yeah. it, it is $80,000 to go to Harvard for a, uh, <laughs> presumably a degree that would help him move through his career faster. Um, what's going to drive this yeah. is, is the makeup and uh, of that brokerage account and the tax, what tax implications there are on, on, right. Gotcha. Yeah. And, 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 and then and it might be, and I said the Roth conversion, but Pat, it might make more sense to, because of the way capital gain tax laws work without any really other income, you could probably, you, you could trigger a, a large capital gain this year and, and pay, pay nothing. Zero tax. I mean, if you, you could right. have, you could have almost $90,000 of capital gain uh, and if that's your only income, there's no tax whatsoever on it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. See, does Montana have a brokerage. Does Montana have a state income tax? I don't recall. Yeah, they do. It's fairly hefty. Yeah. So I would. So if I was going to go into any qualified dollars, uh, IRAs, you don't think you should do any? I don't look. We we. See, it's, 62 impossible. And 66. it's impossible to give an answer without knowing the structure of that 500,000 in the brokerage account. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, like how much is gain is, how much embedded gain do you have? And then you right? need to run the numbers. Are we better off doing a Roth conversion or taking advantage of a, it might make more sense to take advantage of a low capital gain, but I, it depends on what's in there. And if there's something in there, that's a total, total stock market fund or S and P 500 fund that you're probably going to own for years. That's one thing. If you're over concentrated in a company, um, that this provides a tremendous opportunity to diversify away from that. That's that's a completely another. So the answer yeah. uh, to your question, Leslie, is we have it no idea. We don't know, right? Because yeah. it's we can't figure that out on a ten-minute phone call on yes. the radio program. Right. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess like the question, just thinking about pulling it out from the inherited IRA, would be, um, you know, in theory, that money. Uh, would be able to then go back into something, but then we couldn't put it back into That's correct. the IRA. That's correct. But it might be a combination of, of three a bunch things. Of things. Right? My it guess probably is, will be. It, my guess is at the end, uh, it will probably be, do we keep the distribution from uh, the inherited IRA at the required minimum distribution, or do we actually increase it a little bit? Do we do a Roth conversion, and then we take some money out of the brokerage account, depending upon the tax mm-hmm. implications there? My guess— Gotcha. My and then guess when is, do we start Social Security? Correct. And this is this is the other 
question I had. Yeah. Yeah. My guess is that my guess is that just having done this for 30 years, that it's probably going to be a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that I would probably defer social security uh, until I could take advantage of this, depending upon the embedded gains in the brokerage account. How long have you owned that brokerage account? Um, not so very long, maybe about, uh, I, I think it, it was small for about five years now. And then I inherited some more money. So how long ago did you up. inherit the money? You said 2017, uh, some in 2017 and some in 2020. Okay. There might be some with no gain at all. Yeah, you might, oh my gosh. You might even have yeah. some where there's some losses. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we took, I mean, there were losses that we took this last year. If that, well, there might be, question. there might be might almost. Carry forward. Yeah. 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 You might yeah. Have some and if you have not, a, so, if you don't have a ton of gain, then you'd actually, then you'd lean over to the, the Roth conversion. Right. Which I did do this last year. Um, okay. Some, so. Uh, yeah. And then, so, and that just kind of ties into everything of us really trying to strategize where to pull money from in general. Um, that's right. After, yeah, because it's just been after spending all these years putting money into these accounts, it's kind of hard to start thinking about pulling out. It's really hard. It's really (laughs) hard. That was, that was the part, I guess we didn't realize about retirement that you had to actually start taking all the money out. It's psychologically, <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? And I know I like, look, yeah. I, I, look, and let me just ask you this question, Leslie. So have, have you guys worked with a quote unquote financial advisor in the past? Have you had experience in that? And it, yeah, is a good experience, have, a bad uh, experience? Yeah. Cause you're not, this is a fairly good. complicated situation right now. Gotcha. And, yeah. and, and, and your number one solution is to call us, which we take as a, a, a great compliment, but, um, <laughs> is there an apprehension to, to talk with a, a, a higher tell, financial advisor? Tell us about so the, why? tell us about Just the experience curious. with yeah. the last financial advisor. Oh, well, so, um, we've had, so we kind of had a few different things. So we have a course of financial advisor through, uh, the, um, TIAA with our, uh, 401 and 403B stuff. Okay. And of course they have their own perspective and then we have our and their own products, their own products. Yeah. Yeah. Which are limited. And then we, and then the financial advisor, of course, where the investment thing is. And then I did meet with a financial advisor last year who was just an independent financial advisor and kind of got some strategies going there, but they had just transit. That was the last they were doing on just uh, pay sort of pay as you go meet with them. And, then they want they were transitioning over to just managing all your funds for you, which mm-hmm. and you didn't at see that the value didn't there. Make as, yeah, that didn't make sense since we had it, you know, with these other people as well. So that's where we are with that. Who part. was the who was the school teacher? The school teacher was my husband. I worked. Um, I was employed by a medical school uh, for a while when I first started working. Did your so husband? Had, that's how I had. Did your husband get, is your husband getting a pension? No, they, it, no, it's just all, it's just okay. um, no pension. Okay. Yeah. It was at the university of Montana. Okay. Got it. 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 Okay. All right. There we go. And for the rest of the listeners, we knew that there was something to do with education because TIAA CREF stands for Teachers Insurance Annuity Association College Retirement Equity Fund. Look at you. That's impressive. <laughs> that's 30 some abs- years in the industry. And absolutely <laughs> of no value. That's, that's how to get people to walk away from you at a cocktail party. No value whatsoever. Anyway, you're, 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 uh, you, I you've think, got you know some what? planning to do. Yeah, but. I would look at this. You'd have some, some planning. planning. But yeah. I'd look at this as a blessing to be able to help your daughter and her husband. That's what yeah, really this and, is. And, and we are. And, and we are looking at that way. And, and I mean, it is. And you look, you didn't, you didn't accumulate these dollars out of luck. You worked, right. you worked hard to save these dollars. There were times you guys sacrificed and other families were doing such and such. And you guys said, no, we can't do that. We don't have the money because you were disciplined in your savings. Right. True. Yeah. That's why you've got this. But, and then uh, we inherited some. Okay, yeah. We inherited some, but it's what a, what, what a great opportunity to be able to help um, your daughter. And that's all, yeah. You're, you're very right. I agree with you a hundred percent. What a blessing. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Whether whether you got this way through hard work or luck, regardless, what a blessing to be able to be in that position. So appreciate the call. Yeah. Yeah. Wish you well, well, Thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Bye-bye. She was nice. She's very nice. (laughs) It's funny. There's some people I was like, I really like them. (laughs) She's like the kind of person I'd enjoy (laughs) sitting and have a conversation with about other things. Maybe not. You never know. Let's... (laughs) Hey, before we um, before we uh, take another call, um, we're going to be joined with our um, we all worth financial. We have a we have a tax department, an internal tax department, headed by, by some CPA with a bunch of CPAs um, that we do not only not only do we t- do taxes for our clients, some of our clients, I should say, um, but we also are able to provide the, the kind of that tax planning throughout the organization and with our advisors. Um, on, on complicated matters. It, like like the one that we on just talked call, to, we just Leslie, talked to, yeah. we just talked to, we'd pull someone, the financial advisor would probably pull someone in from tax in order to, um, you know, bounce around the best idea and then do some pro formas or projections on taxes if we do it this way or that way. And that's the benefit of actually bringing in-house tax yeah. advice. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, we just got past April 15th and you're, you're already want to talk about taxes. And we thought, actually thought this is a good time because a lot of people are on extension, but a lot of people already have already paid their taxes and done their completed their taxes. And, and it's like when, when you're sitting with your accountant and doing your taxes, it's pretty much too late. You're just looking in the rearview mirror, what's already happened and you're recording it and paying the taxes. Tax planning is the is the work that's done throughout the year to mitigate not only your current taxes but future taxes year taxes in the future as well. And so Michael Mariski is joining us. Uh, Michael heads up our tax team, tax, Allworth's Tax Solutions. He's vice president of Allworth's Tax Solutions. Michael, thanks for taking a little time to join us. Sure, thanks for having me. Yeah, you survived tax season. We did. Yes. It uh, was tough as always, uh, but uh, we survived. Yes. I thought you were going to take a couple days off. Is this your day off? (laughs) This is my day off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Even on his day off, we ask him to work. (laughs) You could have said no, by the way. You could have said no. You don't want to be on (laughs) this. No, I'm just. uh, I I slept all day yesterday, so I'm I'm good to go. Uh, by the way, this is recorded uh, a little early b- before that w- was aired. So, um, what are some of the most actually? I mean, taxes can have a tremendous impact on our investments, particularly in retirement. Um, and I think most people uh, don't really pay attention that closely to that. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's a, a number of of reasons. Um, I think uh, some people just don't get advice, uh, or, or they get you know bad advice. Um, a lot of a lot of CPAs and accountants, tax preparers, they're not always tax planners. Uh, oftentimes, they just prepare taxes and then they're done, and they don't really offer offer planning services for their clients. And um, you know, a lot of people just don't understand. Like you said, it's it's a year round adventure to be uh, planning, you know, proactively um, all the time, right? It's when you do your taxes, it's a rear view mirror. Like you said, it's after the fact. And what are right? some, what are, what are a handful of some good planning techniques for somebody who's maybe they're in retirement or approaching retirement age? What are some of the major tax planning strategies you see people ignore? Well, oftentimes, um, you know, they don't, consider uh, what their income is going to be. So for example, you know, they may end up in a year uh, right after retirement where their income is really low and they're in a low tax bracket. And if you don't plan for that, you know, you could have a missed opportunity. There's a number of things that you could consider. You could take some extra income and not have to pay any incremental taxes. You could consider a Roth conversion. Uh, You could also harvest some capital gains. I think on your last call, you talked about uh, an example of, you know, with, with little to, to no ordinary income, you may be able to take a large amount of capital gains tax-free. So it's really understanding what your situation is going to look like and then taking advantage of that. How much do – how much – well, you work mostly with all-worth clients, so – You're not seeing a ton of mistakes, you're not seeing hopefully. <laughs> right? You're seeing uh, the advisors actually take advantage of – Well, they of, do planning. They are CPs that do – 
tax yeah, planning, not that, just preparation. That's right. That's right. So Preparation's gonna, the grudging work that happens at tax season, and then the planning's what right. happens the rest of the year. Yeah. So uh, tax preparation is reacting to what you've created throughout and Mike, the year. Why don't you state that? Why? Why it, it would be? It's a challenge for people to get good tax planning. Uh, the latter part of March, first part of April, as opposed to another time in the year. And why it's okay and sometimes a good idea to file an extension? Well, uh, you know, most tax planners are tax preparers, and and they're, you know, this crunch period is, you know, uh, starting in February through April. You know, all we really have time for is is the preparation, and so um, it's hard to to set aside time to do real planning. Um, because you're trying to get tax returns prepared. So, um, you know, doing an extension is, is helpful. Uh, you know, a lot of things, like you said, are, are after the fact when you're preparing the tax return, but but sometimes uh, they're not. You know, for example, if you are a small business owner and you might want to consider a retirement contribution, going on extension would allow more time to take a look at that and decide if it's helpful or not. Because you would have until October 15th yeah. for a contribution for the previous year, right? Yes. That's right. Correct. All right. So what, uh, last question, what is the number one mistake your team sees in general that investors overlook when it comes to how taxes impact their investments? You know, in general, it's just, it's not understanding the tax implications of, of their strategy or what they're going to do. Uh, oftentimes, um, well, you can't fix it after the fact, right? So if you don't understand what you're doing, um, you either have created a situation potentially negative um, or you missed an opportunity, right? Um, you had low income and you didn't fill up a low bracket, for example, um, or you sold some investments uh, at a gain and you also had some that you could have sold at a loss and, and, and offset them and you didn't look at it and didn't take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, exactly. Michael, appreciate you taking some time and um, it's just a reminder why it's so important to do that tax planning. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for being, joining us. Thanks and for being part of You're welcome. Work. Thanks. Yeah. You, you know, Scott, so um, I think probably the one of the, I'm going to try to state this. One of the most exciting things in investments that has occurred in the last couple of years is the use of technology for tax um, in the uh, allocations in the portfolios. Now, with retirement accounts, 401ks, IRA, it's irrelevant. Yeah. But in brokerage accounts, there's things such as direct indexing, which is, it used to be very, very expensive and very cumbersome to actually to do. It was a manual process. Which is essentially putting together a bunch of securities, not trying to think you're going to outsmart the market, but you're trying to mimic an index. Mimic the S&P 500. Instead of buying an ETF, you buy, maybe it's 180 different, it's all driven through technology to get you as close as possible to that index. And then it creates tremendous opportunities for tax loss harvesting. And then if you're going to be charitably inclined to give some of your highly appreciated individual securities as opposed to ETFs. And then, Pat, to your point, even with if you own mutual funds and ETFs, there's some great technology that will track your cost basis and when dividends are reinvested. All the, and we'll look for opportunities to, to actually either take loss or harvest a little bit of gains. gain. And this is there's two things that took place that make this possible. One is what we call friction, which is the trading cost on a platform such as Fidelity or Pershing or Charles Schwab. Those have all gone away. Yeah, most so, of the time it's free or close to free. So there's not a lot of friction there in the trading cost to buy one and sell the other, and which used to Used to know, be massive. Used to drive some of the decision making. Yeah. And the other is the use of technology that actually go through these portfolios using, you know, AI. You click and, a button and, and, uh, and, it, a and it does it and yeah. then makes recommendations. And the advisor is like, yes, do that. No, don't do that. So ultimately, you could put a human stop in it, but this stuff didn't exist four, five, six, seven years ago at the levels. And look, how investments are made has changed significantly in the last uh, few years based upon uh, use of technology. And I don't think most consumers are aware of that. Probably nor, not. Nor should they be. Frankly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's continue on with call here. All, as always, if you want to uh, join us, uh, you can call our number or you can send us a question, uh, send us an email. We'll schedule a time questions at moneymatters.com. Questions at moneymatters.com. Or you can simply call 833-99-WORTH. Let's talk with Frank. Frank, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. 
Yeah, hi. Thanks for t- taking the call. Hi, Frank. Um, great show, by the way. Very interesting, and you Thank guys you. aren't repetitive, and you're comical the way you, Thank you. your banter which really makes it interesting. Well, thank but, you. But um, two que- two questions here. One is um, the main one is on like a lump sum um, decision, and the other is is the spousal social security. Okay. So um, for the lump sum, it's like you know, kind of like would it be like eight hundred thousand dollar lump sum versus like fifty two k. So in, uh, just to understand what's happening. So are you retiring and you have an option to take your yeah I mean, your monthly pension you know, or... over the next couple of years over the next couple of years and it's uh, not not a cola situation. It's a, it's a regular corporate pension. Okay. And is um, the fifty two so, is it uh, sorry Frank is the fifty two k a joint survivor or life only? Um, it's on... joint survivor. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're doing it against the right. Uh, you're you're measuring it against the right thing. Okay. And you know, it's kind of like you know, it's a, it's it's supposed to be an overfunded pension and the whole bit, but but at the same time, you know, it's you know, you're locking yourself in every year. So, kind of, what's your view on just the, on on possibly you know doing more of a um, you know an asset allocation on that, or even just a fixed income to try to okay. try to yield at least what what I would have gotten okay. on the on the. Okay, and you said the decision isn't for a couple of years, right? Uh, maybe a year or two. Yeah. Okay. How old are you? Uh, 60. How's your health? Good. Okay. So here's, here's the, the answer to this question. You're not going to make that decision until the day you need to make the decision. And the reason is there's, there's three factors that actually will drive this, right? The first one being, and the most important is your health and or life expectancy. So you get to that date and you've got poor health and hopefully not. But if you've got a shortened life expectancy or believe you have a shortened life expectancy. Of course you want the lump sum. You want the lump sum, right? The other is the size of the lump sum is actually driven by an interest rate that you have no control over, nor does the pension plan. The lower the interest rate that the prevailing interest rate that they're using at that particular time. So they might be using the 10 year treasury or they might be using the PBGC rate at a hundred percent or 120%. There's all these un- underlying numbers that drive and, and it. And they have to, there's it's by statute. So they have to follow the law and they can't just pick a number out of their head. That's it's yeah. and, and some pensions formula. use an annual interest rate and some use a quarterly interest rate. And so the higher that interest rate, that they have to use internally, the lower the lump sum. Inversely, the lower the interest rate that they have to use, the higher the lump sum. And so you trying to make a decision today about what's the right way to do, you have pieces of information that you have absolutely no access to. Now, having, and so I, I can think of a time, Pat, this is back in the 90s, I, I remember working with a client. They wanted no risk. They were going to take a, they had the same option. Do I take a pension or do I take a lump sum? It just ha- happened to be in the market. I said, we were able to take the lump sum by U.S. treasuries and at a higher income than the joint survivor benefit was going to be. With U.S. government, which I would argue was more secure <laughs> than his company pension. It was because it yeah. was 100% and, guaranteed. And part of- to, there's limits there's limits on the PBGC. And, and part of what drives the date you're going to retire is this interest rate because oftentimes it is a published rate that is known 15 or 30 days prior to the date that they actually you, you, you retire. So as an example, on <coughs> December 15th, if I know what the interest rate is going to be on that pension plan in January 1, you might be more inclined to leave in December – because you've got a higher lump sum, or you might be more inclined to, to leave in January. So there's lots yeah. of things My that go guess. into it. Have you had a Frank, are you uh, quite a bit of experience on investing? Yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, I got, I got that just first talking to you. You're, you're <laughs> probably going to take the lump sum. Yeah. 90, how, 90%. How much more money is outside of this lump sum in 401ks, IRAs, brokerage accounts, things like that? Uh, 7.6 million. Okay. Well yeah, then you're going to take, gonna the, lump take sum. the lump sum. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to take the lump sum and and okay. we could do all the math in the world, yeah. but it, it makes up unless it's just some really bizarre time and interest rates are skyrocket or Yeah. And all that basically does is says that you're going to take the mortality risk in house. 
because you can build a portfolio that looks very similar to what the underlying portfolio is for the pension, right? They have the, they don't have any different access to the market. I mean, another way to look at it, would you you take some of your 7.6 million today and, and and go buy a commercial annuity, give it control up to an insurance company in exchange for a fixed Mm. payment the rest of your life? Probably not. There you go. So, But in saying that, there are rare circumstances with someone like you where you might be driven to take um, the pension. But okay. it's highly unlikely. It's highly unlikely. Great. And then thanks. And as a follow-up, the, the other question is, 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 is the spouse of Social Security. Um, you know, my, my wife would be eligible now. You're going to take it as early it. as you possibly can. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would with this network. This net worth. When they go to cut Social Security benefits, do you think you'll be one of the first on the list that they're going to cut? Yeah. Maybe third, yeah. Okay, uh, you're, yeah. You're, right? Elon Musk first. All right. Warren right. Buffett. Right. <laughs> and then Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not driven by numbers at all. It's just driven by the fact that when they – this thing is going to run out it's of money. It's just looking at probabilities. The same way – Frank, appreciate really appreciate the call. But – Sometimes we, your, your, your advice on Social Security is a little, it's counter, it's counter to a lot of, I'm like, if I'm going to look at a, an, any sort of long-term investments, whether it's do I take a lump sum or a pension, I look at probabilities of outcome, where's the pension coming from, all these other factors. If I'm looking at buying a, a bond, what's the likelihood this company is still going to be in existence and can be able to pay me 10 years from now, 20 years from now, do I get the principal back 30 years? Same thing looking at Social Security. If you don't, if you are afraid that you're not going to get to the end They've because cut, of the change, look at, if you're a wealthy retiree on Medicare, you're paying what four fifty a month as opposed to someone who's paying hundred bucks a month, hundred and twenty bucks a month, or whatever it is for your Medicare, four times as much. You're paying four times as much if you're a high income retiree. And this does have some precedent. They they tax <clears throat> Social Security benefits. They didn't tax them thirty years ago. Anyway, we're out of time. Hey, want to let <clears throat> let everyone know we've got um, some great. Uh, Live in-person investment workshops. Our workshop's called The Investment Question, and we're going to be addressing the top four questions that folks like you are asking right now. Uh, you'll learn things such as how to generate income in retirement, how do you make the most of your cash on hand, what are some of the key facts about the SECURE Act 2.0, which changed the requirement of distributions ages and Roth conversions along with that, and strategies for asset allocation and diversification. Things. So it's going to be on a variety of different days, a variety of different cities, uh, but they're between May 10th and May 20th. Again, May 10th and May 20th. If you want to learn more or sign up, go to allworthfinancial.com forward slash workshops. And it's been great having you with us. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. This is Allworth Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.